are lots of lousy businesses. And there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job over the years has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio. From the AM640 studios in Toronto. With Hi-Fi portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Good morning, Hi-Fi Radio AM 640. Jack Hartle joined us this morning. Co-host, your host, Wolfgang Klein here. Little Everlast, what it's like to team up for our next guest, Jules Clyde, who sat on the streets of Toronto, slept on the streets perhaps last night for Covenant House Raising the Roof. We are going to talk oil after Jules with our friend Rafi in Calgary, and uh, we were going to bring on an entertainment lawyer, but she got caught in the boardroom. We're going to talk a little about that Weinstein case, but we're going to defer that for a further date. Instead, we're going to go to New York and talk to our strategist, Tony Dwyer. But it's all about the heart. It's all about giving. What's it like to sit, uh, to sleep on the streets of Toronto? Jules Clyde, uh, founder of uh, Beachhead, uh, an entrepreneur, a very successful lady, good friend of mine, decided to uh, join the other philanthropic Torontonians last night, slept on the streets of Toronto to help raise the roof for a very good charity, Covenant House. Jules, it is an absolute delight to have you on the show. Good morning to you. Good morning, Wolf. So t- tell us, what was it like to pull out a piece of cardboard and sleep on the streets of Toronto? It was enlightening. It was... Um scary uh and uh it was heartwarming uh, because uh we got to speak to uh some of the youth that uh, covenant house services uh before we went and slept on the streets and uh just having the physical picking out your piece of cardboard pulling out your sleeping bag getting into your sleeping bag and then realizing that that's where you're going to sleep at night. It was incredibly um, eye-opening. Moving. Moving, yeah. yeah. Covenant House, the charity uh, that I support, I love Covenant House, uh, but just under 1,600 kids used the drop-ins facilities last year. Almost 900 kids actually stayed in the shelter. Uh, you raise money for a Covenant House. Yeah. Uh, Covenant House needs a lot of money. They need about $24 million a year uh, to pay their expenses. That's a lot of money. Uh, and fortunately, they got about $24 million bucks in revenue, so it tends to run a flat operation. $19 million bucks coming from donations. $15 million bucks coming or going towards investment actually in youth. So they do remarkable, remarkable work. But uh, you, Jules, Jules Clyde, uh, you're the president founder of uh, Beachhead. Uh, you're an entrepreneur. So what motivated you, a successful lady, uh, a mother of... Is it three girls you have? Three. A mother of three girls and a, a, a wife to Andrew. That, that in itself yeah. is a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what motivated you to do this? Uh, I think it's important as individuals in the great city of Toronto that we give back and uh, we pick uh, um, charities that we believe in and we feel strongly about. I've got, uh, I run a staffing business. Uh, people are very important to me and I know if peop- if youth have the ability to be able to grow and develop into um, human beings uh, within their potential, they, they uh, can contribute back to society. And I think Covenant House has proven that they've done a very, very good job uh, assisting youth, uh, finding them jobs and making them successful human beings. Mm-hmm. Well, it certainly is important. They are they are our future. Um, but the, the stats are startling. Uh, I think some 25% of homeless 
And this occurs with youth. Yeah. Um, I have three kids. It hurts. It really hurts, especially when you think that Toronto is a, a very liberal city, a very open, open, welcoming city, and yet uh, there is a huge undercurrent of underprivileged youth that have, uh, you know, come from very, very difficult circumstances and very few organizations to support them. So, so here's another one. Here's a coffee bean for this morning that uh, was printed in the Canaccord Coffee. The wealthiest 1% of the world's population owns half of the world's wealth. Um, <laughs> here, more, more than half of the $16 trillion in new wealth in the U.S., uh, which grew $8 trillion richer, uh, is coming from the 1% of the population. The top 1% now owns over half of the, world, uh, the world's wealth. Uh, Jack gave me an article uh, a couple of days ago. What was it? Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, Bill Gates? Is, was it those three... Uh, no, Jeff Bezos. Je- Je- Jeff Bezos. So, so those three gentlemen, so, 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 so it's Amazon, Microsoft, and Warren Buffett, th- their net worth uh, exceeds that of 160 million Americans. Which is the uh, bottom half of the, of the U.S. It's so, a, unbelievable in terms of the wealth concentration and um, you know potential for redistribution, and that's what you're looking at here through charitable giving. And a lot of those guys, those billionaires that you're talking about, Wolf, uh, they have signed up for uh, the giving pledge, and uh, they're billionaires that are giving over half of their net worth upon death. Talk about a redistribution of wealth. Yeah, and the reason why they're doing that is because they have estate taxes in the U.S. We don't have that here. We have probate, which everyone gets concerned about. It's about 1.5% of whatever your estate is. But their uh, their estate taxes in the U.S. are a lot, or uh, much more significant than anything that we have here in Canada. Well, look, the, I, I think the friends at Covenant House don't care why we give as long as we give, right, Jules? For um, sure. So, so to the one percenters out there and those who have money, um, again, the government will incent you if you, if if you're in the top tax bracket. Basically, if you give a dollar, you'll get fifty cents back. So, I strongly encourage you to do so. Even though we're being taxed punitive in this country, we need to continue to give. And I, unfortunately, governments aren't doing us any favor by taxing us so uh, erroneously in Canada because. It does dissuade us from giving, but you know some you prove to us that we have to continue to give, Jules. You really, really do. I say the other thing about giving in Canada too, everyone does it around the Christmas season. We all do it at Christmas time just because it's the time that we feel most charitable. But I think it's something that needs to be done, obviously, throughout the year because these uh, places like Covenant House rely on it, um, you know, for the programs that they run. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jules, we got to pay the man around here, but I want to talk to you a little bit more about your experience uh, uh, two nights ago uh, sleeping on the streets of Toronto. Successful lady. Didn't need to do that, but did because you have heart. Uh, hang around right after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show right after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from the AM640 studios in Toronto. For the love of money, Hi Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein. Talk Radio, AM 640. Ah, good pick there, Jack Hartle. Paul Simon, homeless, 1986. Very appropriate, Jack, uh, for Jules Clyde, uh, president founder of Beachhead, a uh, recruitment uh, placement agency uh, that, that places um, IT people in the financial community. Uh, we want to talk to you about that, Jules, a little bit about your role and uh, yeah. artificial intelligence and uh, computers putting us out of work. We don't want to end up homeless either. We've got to be careful with that uh, stuff. But usually, uh, Jules, more importantly, you, you did something great. You slept on the streets of Toronto last uh, two nights ago. Um, uh, it's unbelievable what you did. It really was. So tell us, um, if we may ask, how much money did raising the roof raise for Covenant House? And how many people did you, quote unquote, <laughs> sleep with last night? 
So I think <laughs> as of this afternoon, there's about $1.1 million. How much? Uh, $1.1 million. Wow. And uh, 11 cities actually uh, slept outside last night, different covenanted houses across North America. Toronto raised them more than any other city, including New York City. We, we smoked them. Good for you. Yeah. So, so and how, how many people were, in, were, were quote, unquote, sleeping on the streets? 70. 70 of you. Yeah. Wow, and you all slept in Young Dundas Square? No, for farther north than that, uh, Young and College area. Young and College. Yeah. Uh, any other prominent people like uh, taking part in the event? I remember once one of the, the chief of police did it a couple of years ago. Yeah, he didn't do it this year. Um, Paul Coffey was there, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Kevin Patterson, who was at CIBC, and uh, Bruce Schufelt. I don't know whether you know Bruce. I don't know. Yeah. It crossed my mind to join you. I really, really did, but I just didn't have the courage and the strength to do it, Jules. Next year. Perhaps, yeah. Uh, I, I am tempted to do it. I really am. Yeah. I just don't know if I can pull it off. Bring a warm sleeping bag. Wow. I'll give you Andrew's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Andrew's friend just walked the studio, Chris Van Allen. Um, yes. And, and, and so he, he brings you coffee now. You know, yeah. he's, he, Chris is a very good friend of yours, but yeah. he could have brought you coffee last night when yeah, you, poured, you were cold. He brings yeah. you coffee. You know, the sun is shining. You're all warmed up in the studio. Yeah. And Chris shows up with coffee and donuts to boot. Yeah. Uh, good. Well, he's a Tim, sweet guy. He's though. a sweet guy. Mm-hmm. The Tim Hortons, Jack and I are along the Tim Hortons stock. So uh, that's all good. Um, uh, what else? What else can you share with us in terms of the uh, in terms of your experience last night or two nights ago? Sorry. Yeah. So I was a first time sleeper. So uh, <laughs> we uh, first time sleeper. So we had the opportunity to get into smaller groups and actually have one on one conversations with a youth who had gone through uh, the services of Covenant House, which was eye-opening. He was very, very transparent with regards to his life and how he ended up at Covenant House. Um, it. it it gave you uh, a personal um, reflection as to what uh, coming to house means to individuals. Uh, and then they gave us a tour. So uh, we had the ability to be able to go and see all the services. So they have day services that allow any youth at any time to be able to walk in the door and use phones, laundry, sleep for a few hours. Medical. Medical. Um, they have, uh, I think you mentioned 90 beds. Um uh, two beds for individuals who have been sexually trafficked, and they also have uh, homes available for uh, uh, sexually trafficked youth as well. And uh, educational platforming, how to uh, teaching uh, youth how to prevent being sexually trafficked and what to do if you're being abused or assaulted at home, how to prepare to leave your home to make sure that you don't end up being a victim. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How did they say about the uh, the demand for beds versus actually the, the beds that they have here in Toronto? Uh, do they have enough? No, they don't have enough, and they're and they are expanding. Yeah, they're they're expanding out their services. They have an additional six uh, beds that uh, they are getting funding from from the city of Toronto for uh, sexually trafficked uh, youth, um, and they but they don't have enough beds. Now let's switch gears here because it, 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 it's 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 tough. It's, it's a tough conversation. Um, but uh, you're an entrepreneur. Uh, you you employ how many people, Jules? Uh, around two hundred. You you two hundred people. Wow, you have expanded. Good for you. Yeah. And, and so 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 you you specialize with Beachhead in in um, uh, IT uh, yeah. information technology, uh, primarily in the financial community. Uh, we do financial. We started in financial, but we do uh, all large enterprises now, primarily on the technology side. We do a lot of big di- data, digital AI, uh, generic uh, IT roles. Uh, we do uh, also business roles, financial analysts, that type of thing. 
Wow, you are a machine. So let's talk about AI, artificial intelligence, because that's a topic that Jack and I get quite uh, intrigued by, and we bring in a lot of our analysts who are very much familiar with AI. And Citigroup, one of the largest banks in the world, uh, has made a massive investment uh, announced this week in, I, I in artificial all, intelligence. Yeah, all, all the banks are at least headed in that direction. They see the, the efficiencies that AI creates and uh, technology just in general. They could do a lot more with a lot less. And even in Canada, I mean, they're shutting down branches here, and you, you hear about it uh, in small towns, right? Yeah. So, so, so in terms of AI... Again, Jack and I stumbled across a candidate who, who was recently placed for being an AI expert, recently at a university, maybe it was, it was Boston uh, uh, Institute of Technology that, that, the, that the students study that, uh, but very, very well-versed in artificial intelligence and was placed in a position, I think, for three or $400,000 at the age of 23. Apparently, very, very, very rare skill set. And if you have it, massive demand. So in terms of your candidates available, do you have any AI intellects uh, available to the big six banks or maybe oh, available yeah? candidates? For sure, we um, we we do place AI people into uh, into financial institutions and uh, large enterprise uh, on a regular basis. They are in demand, and as you say, they are young. And are, being- are the financial firms just like tripping over themselves to get these people because they're so specialized and and uh, you know their expertise? The competition is fierce. No, no, Jules, yeah. did you, did you slept last night. You, you look so well-rested. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how you do it. Again, you have Andrew as a husband. Right? You have three, three kids. Three girls. Yeah. You slept on the streets last yeah. night. 200 employees, big smile on your face. You look great. Yeah, well, Just hanging out, eh? You know what? I, feel, I felt so good for giving to Covenant House and to spending the time and to learning about what they do. It just, it just invigorates you. Jack, one of us has to do it next year. Are you going to do it again, Jules? I am. You are? Yeah. I want one of you there. What about Van Allen? Chris, you going to uh, see him in the streets next year with Joel? He's going to bring coffees if you do it. How's that, Wolf? Absolutely. Uh-oh. Chris says yes. Chris Van Allen, folks, is committed to Covenant House next year. You heard it here first, Hi-Fi Radio, AM. And you, Wolf. 640. <laughs> <laughs> we got to pay the man now. Running out of time. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about oil with Rafi in Calgary. You want to pay attention. Rafi's a very smart oil man. Money. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show right after this. Money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from the AM640 studios in Toronto. Come and listen to the story about a man named Jed. A poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting at some food. And up to the ground come a bubbling crude. Oil, that is. Black gold. Texas tea. For the love of money. Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein. Talk Radio AM640. There you go, Jack. Before your time, buddy. Right up my alley, black and white. Hey, <laughs> Beverly yeah, sure. Hills. Raph, you know the show, don't you? Oh, yeah. Sure you do, yeah. buddy. Yeah, yeah Raph, yeah. Raffy's on the line here in Calgary. Raffy's our oil god. You're god, Raffy. Thank you for joining us, buddy. Oh, you are an oil god. Uh, Raffy ran, runs the Canoe Energy Fund. Uh, Jack and I are long the Canoe Energy Fund. In other words, we own it. Uh, and they, I think we're about even on the trade, Raffy. I'm not down here for that, buddy. It's been a tough oil market. Um, but you're positioned uh, in, in a proper manner. But before we get into crude, because it's relevant, we care about oil. It's a big part of our economy. Um, off air, I was just sharing with you that uh, a good friend of ours, Jules Clyde, is in the studio. She slept on the streets of Toronto uh, last night to raise the roof for Covenant House, which in fact is a national um, uh, campaign. And it, it took place in, uh, in Calgary as well, did it, Rafi? You're familiar with the event? Uh, well, we're familiar with Covenant House, for sure. Um, it's uh, obviously a, a great principal cause that uh, we, along with uh, many other uh, causes out here in Alberta, that we usually find very important to uh, try to uh, keep alive. We know we know the role we're supposed to play as individuals to keep this stuff 
uh, happen. But, but you read to me, Rafi, that, that uh, the spending on uh, that type of stuff, in other words, philanthropy in, in the province of Alberta with the oil slump has, I guess, gone down, hasn't it? Well, that definitely puts pressure, and historically, uh, through many cycles that I've been through, you, you see that happen a lot. Um, and at that, that's when usually Albertans come back and know that their, their job, it's important to squeeze and uh, find ways to continue to make sure that stuff doesn't suffer. But really, this time around, it was a double whammy where uh, the government interfered um, through raising taxes, corporate, personal, um, and, uh, you know, it put a bigger, accentuated the pinch. You don't, you don't raise taxes in contracting economies. And uh, as a result, I think the implication of that was uh, a real harsh pullback in charitable giving. No, I, I totally here. agree. You know, we're, we're paying 54, 55 points out here in Ontario if you're uh, you know, fortunate enough to be in the top tax bracket. I was say, but, but, but Canoe Energy, Canoe Funds is well-renowned for your charitable giving. You guys do a lot around Stampede. Is that not right, Rafi? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're constantly, I mean, I'm, I, I don't say, uh, we don't say no uh, and as, as little, as much as we can. And, and we'll have events where we have people uh, contribute to uh, have invite them to the events, and we tell them the only thing you have to do is write a check at the door to um, the charities that we named at that time. And um, you know that Stampede event this year raised you know several hundred thousand dollars for a few key charities that we raised them for at that time. It's, it's really good. It's a brain trust of Brett Wilson's, my old partner from First Energy, and he's our, my partner here at Canoe, and we used to do it very successfully there. We raised millions of dollars doing that. That's really good. You, you, know, you know what's catching my attention right now is that painting that sold for $450 million. <laughs> no, well, I, I can't believe it, but you know how much good could that $450 million do? Like, you know, how could that, can you talk about raising the roof jewels, right? Yeah. yeah. $450 million. Jack did some sleuthing on that. What was the story on that, that painting went for 10 or 20 grand, Jack? Uh, I think they did. They thought it was a, an imposter back in the 50s or something. They don't have the exact date, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's, it sold for $10, and then they, they refurbished it and then resold a couple times. Uh, most recently, around 2015, I think it was like $100 million to uh, a Russian. Russian. Yeah. yeah, and then now it's been resold, obviously, for 400 plus. Uh, whatever the commission was, I think it was fifty million dollars. So four fifty, uh, unbelievable. I don't. Know. I'd, I'd get more if I had that kind of dough, man. Buy the painting or gift to Covenant House. I, I'd, I'd give to Covenant, and I'd get fifty percent back from the government. Like, what's wrong with that? Then you buy a thing <laughs> of lesser value, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, I say be... they probably change the rules if you made that big of a donation. Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> hey, Rafi, let us talk oil. I guess that's what what we got you on the line here for. Um, so you know, it's getting chillier out. Uh, you know, we're getting out of shoulder season. Heating season's kicking in. Crude's around what fifty-six bucks a barrel. Are you still negative on crude, or get a little more positive on crude and on the energy markets, Raph? No, I mean, last time we talked, um, I was, you know, I, I was getting uh, more engaged in it. Um, and we were waiting for the signals to, to turn, and we feel that they have. We feel like we're on the front end of. Uh, a clear understanding globally that there is de- demand growth. There is an intermediate-term supply disruption, we think, coming. If the stream of demand growth and supply decline actually intersect here, uh, we think there's actually even an energy crisis to the high side. Uh, 
Okay, so here's what um, we're going to do, Rafi. Let, let, let's intercept into a commercial break, and we're going to come mm-hmm. back to you and talk about supply demand. I also want to talk to you about the Norwegians. Apparently, they're selling crude because they figure they need to diversify, and you said the media's got that story wrong, which means I got it wrong, so I need to fill me in on that one as well. All right, just hang around for a few minutes. Stay with us. There's more show still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from the AM640 Studios in Toronto. Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein. Talk Radio, AM 640. All right. Hi-Fi Radio. Good morning. Wakey-wakey. Hope your coffee's full. Looks like a decent day out there. Little Pat Benatar, 1980. Hit me with your best shot. And that's where we're going to ask Raffi. Raffi, give us your best shot in the crew market. You're a little keener on crude these days. So is crude going up? And then is the TSX going to follow suit? Because, you know, crude is about 20% of the TSX market cap. It's very, very important. And, you know, it's funny. The five-year uh, rate of return for the TSX, Rafi, without dividends is about 3.5%. It completely lagged the international markets and the U.S. market yeah. specifically. So you know we need crude to go. Uh, so hit me with your best shot, pal. Yeah, I think that uh, the good news is that the, the, the energy rally has actually already started that from a fundamental perspective in an oil and gas company. This is a very prolific price for the industry. It's very healthy. If you sustain the prices in this range, eventually the market would catch up to it. I, I mentioned this three weeks ago on a, another, on a TV show where I said, I think the energy rally's already started, but the investment community has not shown up yet. And this might be a case of this passive active money issue. The algorithms are not telling this passive money to flow into the uh, the, the, the obvious trade. Right we'll wrap now. your back up. Now, you're getting complicated, but I know where you're going with this. But I want you to explain. Sorry. No, no, don't be. Please, I want you, for the, for the average person, explain to them what you're talking about here, because it's very important. There, there's, been, there's been a big push lately in the last markets about people saying, I want to be investing in ETFs, and and uh, the ETFs mean lower fees, and I'll get the, the returns that I need. And that means that your active manager, like myself, is who has higher fees is using uh, trying to use intellect to make investments, and so the the intellectual investor in energy is saying it's time to buy, and we're all positioned in the energy sector right, right now. And the passive model is saying don't buy, correct? The passive mo- model is not seeing it because the passive model invests on momentum, right? Not and so, so Fang, for, so, so, so the S and P five hundred, for example, Fang is attracting the dough right now. Bingo. Not right. Yeah. So I was so the that things that are the things that continue. It, it's uh, and I call that kind of like a pyramid scam, almost. Right? They keep well, you buy, then I'll buy, then you buy, then I'll buy. I'll it's self fulfilling until it isn't. Exactly. Exactly. There, there's no. It, I say there's no price discovery in, in the process that you're talking with passive investment. Like you said, all they are is price takers. Yeah. And, and they'll pay whatever the price is. Uh, multiple doesn't actually matter. So, so now let's, let's take this back home, guys. It's very, very important because it's early in the morning on Saturday here on Hi-Fi Radio, AM640. Rafi on the line from Calgary. But just think back to 2000. Nortel. No one cared about price until they did. Nortel became a third of the TSX index as it, as it uh, catapulted to the stratosphere until people realized that, wait a minute, accounting's questionable and earnings aren't true and this thing is going to roll over. And when it did, we got hurt bad. Uh, and we went back to more of a rebalancing uh, of our indexes, correct, Rafi? Yeah, that's exactly the situation. I mean, I'm not saying that the other places that the capital is, is sitting with 
fraudulent accounting or anything. It just is a severely over overvalued industries relative to energy that is a severely undervalued industry. And and the signals for positive recovery now in energy are starting to show up. And um, I've, I, I, you, you're familiar with me. You've heard me speak before. I've got aggressive exposure in Canada, which would constitute higher risk to us. Mm-hmm. And I've got the lowest cash. I'm sub 5%, which you've probably never heard me no, say I haven't. before. Yeah. So clearly I am... Uh, you know, my job is not to say it's time to buy or time to sell. I put money to work when I think I see value mm-hmm. or when I take it out when I see that it's overvalued. No, 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 Rafi, Jack and I sort of had an affair on you. We bought a little bit of the XEG, okay? I'm going to share with you this on there. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's the index. So we own Rafi. We own some of the oil services folks, but we also just bought a bit of the index. We, we just wanted to, because technically- and, and we bought that on a technical breakout. Correct, on a technical yeah, breakout, which broke out, but then it broke it down seemed, pretty quickly well, on us, Rafi. You know what? I think no, that girl that you're having the affair with is kind of cute because- there's two companies that control the vast majority of the XEG, and that's Suncor and CNRL. Right. And those two companies own are half of that index. Yeah, but, I was... but the beauty of it is those two companies have the potential in this rally to grab an even bigger share of the index because they're such good companies this time around. Well, Suncor, that, Suncor, that's, yeah. I say that's exactly where international money, I think, will go first, the, the big boys. Is it going to come back, Rafi? Is, is that international money going to come back, Rafi, just to what Jack's not, alluding to? Not in the nature that we've had in the past. That's a big, big issue going forward in this rally is how we exit because the money coming in is not going to be as sticky. Right. It's not going to be the te- the money that tends to come in the volumes that it used to come yeah. in. The bought deals are not going to be as um, uh, relished. The banks have less risk tolerance for the lines of credit that they're putting out. Yep. This this recovery is going to be a very different one. Yeah. And and the exit is going to be even more important, so you don't give back. The, I, I go back to that's why I've hired you for the most part, Rafi, because I, I that, that entry. I know point, my job. Well, and I know you do. Yeah. I, I think you're yeah. very, very good. It's, it's Rafi uh, from Canoe Energy. Just does a very, very good job. Um, crude right now is about to get fifty six, fifty seven. How high does the commodity go in your opinion? So I think that the the tolerance level of uh, normal fundamentals would lead you to kind of the seventy seventy five range at really? most. Mm-hmm. That would that would constitute the equivalent kind of margins of ninety to ninety five in the old days. Oh, okay. Because remember, we've got cheap commodity currency and a uh, lot lower service costs and incredibly high, uh, a much higher amount of technology advancement. So these companies are making a much bigger margin at a lower price. What, what about so the Nat Gas space? Uh, sorry, Raff, sorry, Raffi, in the interest of time here. Uh, Nat Gas, uh, again, the clean alternative, alternative coal and the likes, uh, around three bucks here. Is there, is there anything, any upside left in Nat Gas? Yeah, the, the, the play on gas is liquefied LNG? Gas, LNG, and you can't do it in Canada. We've decided we're not going to be a part of that game. There is a yeah. huge party globally going on. And we're not there. I'm making sure my funds are exposed to it globally. I can't play it in Canada, unfortunately. Because, of, because than, of political uh, reasons, right? Yeah, there's just they've, they've decided we're not going to be a part of that uh, shame. game. And, and, and uh, yeah. there, are, there are exporters of gas that are going to, be, are going to benefit dramatically from that 
we just won't. What a shame, what a shame. Well, Rafa, you know we're going to bring you back, buddy. I mean, let's talk more about the LNG theme uh, at a later date. But, my friend, I wish you a great weekend. And, uh, hey, you have heart. Keep giving. Make sure your friends in Calgary keep giving. And, uh, you know, something, Calgary goes boom, it goes bust, and it'll go boom again, buddy, buddy. And uh, when I get back in that saddle dome, I know you'll be flaring that knack gas as you always do in the <laughs> <laughs> That's a treat to see, buddy. Goals if we're flaring the gas. You absolutely. got it. All right, Raph, we'll speak to you soon, pal. All right, Thanks. coming up next, folks, we're going to learn strategy markets with Tony Dwyer live from Wall Street. Hang around for that. I want money. Stay with us. There's more show still to come. That's what I want. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from the AM640 studios in Toronto. That's what I want. If I can make it there, I'll make it anywhere. Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein. Talk Radio AM 640. Uh, welcome back. A little Frank Sinatra. Make you feel good in the morning. And let's go live to New York City. Tony Dwyer, Chief Strategist with Canaccord Genuity, is on the line. Good morning, Tony. Good to have you on the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Wolf Klein. So, uh, Tony, we have uh, Jules Clyde in the studio. She slept on the streets of Toronto two nights ago to help raise the roof for Covenant House. And she shared with me that uh, this, in fact, was a North American event. And, in fact, it took place as well in New York City. Uh, You have a Covenant House there. And uh, some good New Yorkers slept on the street last night to raise money for youth. Obviously, a good cause. You have kids. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, Tony? I sure do. We also have a great relationship with an organization called Youth Inc., which services the youth in New York City. So Covenant House, you think it's all good, Wolf. It it really, really is. Now, you know know what disappoints me, Tony? You are are the big apple, buddy. We're just a mushroom (laughs) up here, my friend. And yet... Covenant House, we beat you, baby. Yep. Hey, Jules? Covenant House Toronto beat Covenant House New York. Tony, come on, man. you got to get behind that one a little more. I know you can do it. I saw what you did. You know, anytime the New Yorkers or Americans are up against challenge, you guys rise to it. You know, 9-11, you guys uh, banded together and did a great job. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we know you guys have it in you. Anything that helps underprivileged youth. Good for you. Good for you. Well, my good friend... Uh, Certainly, in terms of the stock market, there's not a lot of underprivileged going on. Maybe if you're in the oil patch or some of the commodity patch or the soft commodities. Maybe retail. Maybe retail, a little underprivileged. But look, you know, the S&P 500 has been rallying for well north of 3,000. Is that right? Is that 3,000 days? Yeah, longest rally, 3,000 days, uh, the 20% rally. So this rally has gone on for over 3,000 days. And in terms of 5% corrections along the way, uh, not a whole lot. This one's been running for uh, hundreds of days without a 5% correction. Uh, Same same thing for 10% correction. When is it going to come? When are we going to get ourselves some kind of correction in this marketplace to put cash on the side back to work? Well, it's funny, Wolf, because there's, there has been a lot of 5% corrections during this, this long-running bull market since 2009. However, this is the longest-running period in the history of the S&P 500 uh, in U.S. history since it's been a 500 stock index without a 3% correction. So you've had this dramatic... Um, yeah, 365 days, so a full, a full year. Sorry, sorry, Tony, a full year without a 3% correction. That's insane. Well, it's, it's actually kind of... Historically unique, but there's also been prior periods without um, without uh, big long periods without big corrections as well. And contrary to public opinion, they don't end with a big correction. They end with kind of a 
the first salvo of a correction or higher volatility, which is somewhere between 3 to 5%. And as you know, that's our call. We think that the market is ripe. Uh, bumping up against new highs here with a three to five percent correction. So, you know, we would never, ever, in the context of a fundamentally driven bull market, bet against the market. But if uh, people were looking to get in, we might wait a little bit. And yet, yet you're in the season of strength. Earnings are strong. Uh, your, your your counterpart, Mr. Reynolds, says that the credit markets are flush with cash. Uh, but you wouldn't put the pin in here. You wouldn't go long here, Tony. I would if if I had a long, if I had a six month time frame. I wouldn't if I had a, a six week or six day time frame, Wolfie. And that that's the whole point. That's it. Yeah. You don't want to bet against the market when you're in a fundamentally driven bull market like you highlighted. What you do is pick your points of where you want to get in. And historically, you know, when you think about those times that you wanted to buy it, it was when everybody else was nervous and selling, not when all the positives were so identifiable. Last March. You know, you you had people very disappointed in the Trump election and the inability to get through any Affordable Care Act. You had slower economic growth. You had all the things that were kind of people were pointing to and said, okay, here comes a correction, and we took the other side of the trade. You want to buy when people are scared in a good, fundamentally driven bull market. Now everybody's a little too excited for our taste, so we're just waiting for a little bit of a pause. Well, in terms of Trump, in terms of tax reform, um, it's, it's a little muddled, but it looks like there's some progress. But again, I'm not a, a poli-science major, I'm a business major. So where are we at in terms of uh, 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 Trumponomics tax reform? Well, the, tr- the tax reform is going to, it's passed the House, they've come through committee and Senate. So at this point, it's just, they're going to have to do a conference and come up with it. The, the prediction is that it'll be on the president's desk and he'll sign it by Christmas. We'll see, and you still don't even know what exactly it's going to look like. So it's very difficult to trade off of. Um, Clearly, the market is anticipating something getting done. Um, So if there isn't anything done by the end of the year, you you might see a little bit of disappointment in the markets. But ultimately, it's good for corporate profits, and what's good for corporate profits ends up being good for economic activity. And also good for charity, my good friend, because you know, I was speaking with one of our oil traders out in Calgary, and obviously oil being in a bit of a slump, he said Calgarians are giving less to charity, which is obviously a big, it's a big shame. Uh, quite prosperous here in Toronto, and Jules was able to outperform New York City. But Tony, hang around. we got more, more questions for you in terms of strategy. You're going to be our final hit, my good friend, so you just stay tuned, okay? Don't go anywhere. There's more great show right after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from the AM640 Studios in Toronto. It's been a long time running. It's been a long time coming. Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein. Talk Radio AM 640. Yes, indeed. We're talking to Tony Dwyer. New York City. There's a band that didn't have to go to your town, pal, to succeed, eh? Tragically hip. You familiar with the band, Tony? I am not. You're not? Of course course you're not. I'm a financial nerd. Are you familiar with the band Rush? I love Rush. Thank you. (laughs) There's my point. Really? 
There's my okay, point. So the, I age myself. No, 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 no. The, the hip, the hip couldn't break your market, and they said, you know, some screw you. We don't, we don't care. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna earn a living in Canada, and they did just that. We have 300 million people. We're 30 million, but they just traveled this great country of ours, and they performed. And of course, we lost Gord Downey, Tony, uh, a few weeks back, and uh, we had a charity auction, Jack, in our building eh, at, at uh, the B, the old BC place, the Oxford place. If you saw that, I think Starlight Foundation for Christmas, and one of the most prominent items in there was a bunch of artwork uh, f- uh, of Gord Downey. I thought a number of Gord Downey and tragically hit pieces. Obviously, you got the Leaf jerseys in there right beside it, but uh, it's a Hockey Hall of Fame in our hockey building. Hockey Hall of Fame. Sure. Yeah, you know, Tony. Anecdotally, in terms of uh, statistics, and I know you're a data miner, but uh, Jack and I subscribe no. to. I'm a data supporter, a data miner. He's a data historian, yeah. Hey, you're a Bitcoin miner, for all we know. <laughs> but no, no. Um, so bespoke uh, bespoke uh, investment uh, services, Jack and I subscribe to it, pay a couple grand a year for the privilege of reading their work. And and they track um, the purchases of F-150s. They say anecdotally, F-150s are purchased by small uh, contractors and small business owners who, of course, are then a sign of economic strength. And so when they see F-150s going up, that means they see small business activity improve. I'm going to put that against the backdrop of initial jobless claims in America. Seasonally adjusted are basically that historic lows. Jobless claims are trending lower. Uh, Like, things are really, really good in America. Can they get any better? Uh, Or is this the end of it? You're calling for a bit of a correction, but it's been a long time coming. They can get better. They just the rate of change is probably going to slow a little bit. Like if you remember a year ago, we were pretty positive on economic activity, and you know people didn't think it was going to happen. You didn't see those early signs of it, and and we're seeing right now everything looks great. Um, as you said, employment in the U.S. is on fire. Actually, the only thing you didn't mention there, Wolfie, is. Um, the, the very strong housing start statistics and building permits that came out today. So you have high consumer confidence, high small business confidence, wide open credit, good housing, good autos, good employment. It's hard to make a negative case. That is why you never want to bet against the market because, as you know, over time the market correlates with the direction of earnings, and that's going to stay positive for a while. At this point, though, a lot of people already know that and have invested off it. So just a, a, as I said before, maybe a 3 to 5% pause in the upside is overdue. When do you think that's going to come, Tony? Let's, let, let, let's try to get granular here. Get, get, date, 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 time, hour. Come on, let's go. Well, I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know this. You give a percentage and not a time of your strategist. No, I think it's near term. I think it's over the next few weeks. And then you're going to probably rip. Not, not, not right. when Santa comes to town, my friend. Not, we're, we're halfway through November here. So well, you we're, talked about the seasonality, Wolf. And I mean, this year the seasonality trends, historic trends haven't worked. They haven't. Had, it's the opposite. They, you know, sell in May and go away. Yeah, no, no. Disaster. Yeah. So uh, I think it's very important that we we don't look at seasonality. We look at sentiment. We look at you know how far the market has come. And again, like I said, if if, if for the listeners that aren't going to worry about a 3% to 5% correction. Don't pl- don't try and trade for it. Just sit with what you have. Hey, I have an uh, idea. I have an idea, Tony. doing great. I have an idea, Tony. But here's what I'm going to invite the listeners to do. Um, it's been a great year, um, and it's been a long time coming for bull market, which means you have embedded gains in some stock. Let's say you own some FANG stock, some Amazon or some Google or some, oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe you own some Shopify. Sure. How about Shopify, Jack? A good Canadian name. Um, in terms of giving to charity, you are much better off to get this 
certificate, call up your broker, ask for a certificate, and donate the certificate. You will get full value and not pay tax on the capital gain. You can give that to Jules, who raised what? How much money did you raise for Covenant House, Jules? $15,000. Jules raised fifteen grand for Covenant House by sleeping on the streets of Toronto. You know what the sad thing is about that, Jules? It costs Covenant House $63,000 a day to operate in Toronto alone. Sixty-three grand a day. So you managed to cover the, the OPEX at Covenant House for six hours. Um, my math's right. Going to have to do a better job next year. Well, you have to get three more people to join you next year. Tony, you're going to come up to Toronto or well, you're going to do the Wolf and Jack and Chris Van Allen. <laughs> but uh, it's been a bull market. Donate stock. Give. Tony thinks we're going to get ourselves a little bit of pullback. I'm saying... Who cares? It's 3 to 5%. It's not that big of a deal, is it, Tony, in the grand scheme of things? No, it's not. But corrections are only natural, normal, and healthy until you get them, and then people get scared. So if, you, if you're thinking it's okay now, you have, to have, you have to promise to think that when it comes, Wolf. Right. Well, my good friend, it's been a long time coming. It says the Tragically Hip. You're a big Rush fan, but you know something? Jack and I are a fan of Tony Dwyer. In New York, always a pleasure. My good friend, Jules Clyde, president of Beachhead, who slept on the streets of Toronto two days ago, raised some 15000 for Covenant House. God bless Jules and her family. And she has to put up with Andrew. Boy, oh boy, she needs some extra credit for that one. <laughs> Chris Van Allen joins us in the studio today. My sister, Pia, and of course, her friend, Diane Birch. Decided to be a live studio audience. We kept the mic away from my sister. You don't want to hear her on air. Trust me, you don't. Folks, have yourself a great weekend. God bless, and thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. For the podcast of today's show, go to 640Toronto.com. New shows every week. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.